Welcome to TDA Soundbite, Episode 2. I'm Leanne Johnson, TDA's Director of Member Services, and today we're taking a bite out of patient overpayments and credit balances. With me is Diane Rhodes, Senior Policy Manager for the TDA. Before we get started, I'd like to sort of address uh, Diane, maybe what we would call an elephant yeah, in the absolutely room. Absolutely, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Um, we got some great feedback from Dr. Duco of the Greater Houston Dental Society and chair of the Strategic Affairs Committee for TDA. An avid listener to this podcast. <laughs> yes, he is an avid listener. <laughs> uh, he let us know that we did sound a little stiff and a little formal in our first podcast. So, Dr. Ho, just for you, uh, Diane warmed up with the alphabet aerobics. She wrapped it right before this podcast. So we're going to be a little bit uh, more free in our style on this podcast. But let's get started. Let's dive into patient overpayments and credit balances. Diane, what does the state law um, say about patient overpayments or credit balances? Well, I get this call um, more often than you you would think. And the bottom line is state law prohibits dentists from keeping money that doesn't belong to them and actually belongs to the patient. So if your patient has an overpayment amount on file with you or an other otherwise credit balance on file with you, state law requires that you return that to them within 30 days after you have identified that they have an overpayment or credit balance with you. And an interesting part of this is that there's there's nothing in the state law that addresses the amount of the overpayment. So even if the overpayment amount is pretty minimal, you still cannot keep it. And if you do keep it, it can be considered conversion of property, and that's a criminal offense. Okay, so what's the timeline for a dentist? When can he or she clear this off of their books? So, so the timeline meaning, you know, when can they be done with this issue if they find a patient overpayment or credit balance on the books? What I would recommend, and, and this is to mirror what the law requires, is I would designate someone in your office around March 1st to go through your books and determine who has a credit balance. At that point, you've got 30 days to embark on your due diligence notification to them. Okay, and so that's that timeline. That's, that's when, when the starts. timeline starts. Okay. And so for amounts that are $250 and over, those amounts are handled a bit differently than amounts that are $250 and under. Okay. So if an amount is 250 and over, you are required by law to send a written notification letter to that patient, to their last known address, or otherwise make your good faith effort. I recommend also that since you are required to alert patients about any amount of an overpayment or credit balance, that you do those amounts that are under 250, notify those patients at the same time you're doing the written notification for amounts that are 250 and over. So you'd be identifying it in March, Mm -hmm. you would send out your letters in March, and then for those amounts that are over 250, you're required by July to file an unclaimed property report with the comptroller. Okay, okay. So you mentioned the written notice. Is there somewhere our members can go to find a sample letter? Is it something that's standardized? Where, where can they go to find that information? Well, there's a sample letter on the comptroller's website uh, that you can go and use and customize. But a few things that I need to add right here are some caveats. One, that you can't make a patient accept treatment in lieu of the money that they are legally entitled to have returned to them. Okay. You cannot make them physically come to your office and pick it up. Okay. Pick up the pick up the credit. Or Correct. Pick up the, you you the cannot check, mandate the that they have to physically come and pick up a, a check okay. for their overpayment amount. And uh, you can't charge them fees associated with this process. So you can't charge them a fee 
for any reporting that you have to do to the comptroller. You can't charge them a fee, an administrative fee, for example. Like keeping it on their books. Correct. Or, yeah. Keeping it on their books or just the cost of mailing to them or anything like that. You can't charge them any fees associated okay. with this. And we were talking earlier about the timeline. There's not only a timeline for notification, which you've identified. So you've identified in March, you have 30 days to notify them. You've also got a timeline that applies to how long you keep this process going. Okay. And that's three years. So state law requires you to maintain those overpayment amounts on a patient's account for three years. So for three years, once a year, you're actively trying to contact them. So for the amounts over 250, as you said before, uh, is there a form available that the members can use? Yes. The comptroller has what they call a due diligence letter template on their website that I encourage members to use. You can customize this letter and that would be the letter that you would mail out to all your patients that you have an overpayment or credit balance for them. Okay, so what happens if you can't locate the patient? You, you can't find a good address, they've moved on. And that can sometimes, that happens. All the documentation of the notifications that you do to patients, I recommend you keep those on file. Okay. In the event the comptroller comes back to you, say that a patient lodges a complaint about unclaimed property against you, you're going to need to be able to show the comptroller's office that you made that good faith effort to contact them. So keep copies of all your all your notices. So for those three years, you're sending out your notices, you're trying to alert the patient they have a balance. What do you do at the end of the three years? We're at that point, if the amount is $250 or over, you've got to remit it to the comptroller's office. And the comptroller has a great, what they call, and it's a fancy word, abandon, or fancy phrase, abandonment period table. So they have an abandonment period table on their website. Basically what it is is a calendar. And it helps you identify, okay, here's where my office noted that the patient had a credit balance. This is when the timeline starts. This is my 30 day, initial 30 days to notify them. This is my one-year notification mark, my two-year notification mark, and my three-year notification mark. And at that third year, if you still, if the amount is 250 or over, patient still hasn't claimed it, you've got to remit it at that point as unclaimed property to so the comptroller. So what happens if uh, your patient's deceased? Does it immediately go to the comptroller's office, no matter what the amount? My recommendation would be if you had mailed the notice letter to the patient and you got back some formal identification, some formal notice, Mm -hmm. some means of being able to confirm uh, that the patient's deceased, hopefully what they would include in their communication to you is the estate information. And at that point, you could remit the payment to the overpayment back to the estate. Okay. If that doesn't occur, I would go ahead and, and this, again, is not legal advice. It's just a recommendation right, for right. me just to get it off your books and, and be clean with it and not be carrying that for three more years because right. you know that patient's deceased. I would go ahead and remit it to the comptroller at that time so you can clear that one off your books. So you've given us a process that a dentist has to follow. What happens if they fail to follow the process of notifying the comptroller's office? If a dentist doesn't, uh, it can result in significant monetary penalties. An example is $100 per day for the entire three-year period that a dentist is required to hold on to that overcredit or overpayment balance. Penalty charges and interest on the funds themselves, which is the total of the unclaimed amount, and uh, plus 10% interest. And you can also, the dentist can potentially face criminal charges. It's a class B misdemeanor charge. Mm -hmm. So this is a very serious process that dentists need to account for in how uh, the business aspect of how they run their practice and their office management. One last thing to consider is that if the dental board becomes aware uh, that a dentist has violated the law in this area, Mm -hmm. then the dental board can pursue a complaint against the dentist under uh, a violation of professional conduct. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that's this is and again how very very serious <laughs> very this is. serious matter. Hopefully you're listening to our podcast today while doing something fun or while driving in your car. And this is a fairly complicated subject as we've talked about before. So I'm going to leave you with a few hopefully easy takeaways. The first takeaway is bottom line, no matter the amount, you cannot keep a patient's money from any type of overpayment to you or credit to you. All unclaimed money after the period of three years has to be returned to the comptroller's office. You need to keep, number two, all of your records related to the notices you've sent to patients, your unclaimed property notices to the comptroller for a period of 10 years. And then if the overpayment amount is $250 or more, don't forget for every year you're unable to make contact with the patient about their overpayment or credit, otherwise credit balance, you need to also be submitting a yearly unclaimed property report to the comptroller's office. Well, thanks, Diane. I know this podcast will be of great help to our members. For more information on this issue, contact the Comptroller's Office at 1-800-321-2274 or at up.holder, H-O-L-D-E-R, at cpa.texas.gov. For more information on becoming a member, we encourage you to visit tda.org and click on the Join Now button. We also encourage you to call us at 1-800-832-1145 and ask for the Member Services Department. If you are a member and would like personalized compliance and regulatory assistance, please call that number I just mentioned and dial extension 122. Diane will be happy to speak with you. She is our compliance and regulatory guru on staff. Stay tuned for TDA Soundbite Episode 3, where we will discuss Botox and Dermafillers. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.